Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street is somebody go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business. I mean, they'll find you the best rates for any of them. Make sure you're fully covered. Maybe even bundles, for example, to make sure you get a better rate. But they are working for you. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, fabulous service department. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. To let you know that miracles do happen, the Eagles won last night. It is second down at 18. Wentz back again. He steps up. He is floating it, and it is caught by Fogum, who's in for a touchdown, I believe. Yes, Travis Fogum, of all people. Travis Fogum, get to know him. He just caught a touchdown, a 42-yard touchdown from Wentz. I love Merrill. He calls it like it is. I love Merrill. Oh, my goodness. I do. I just... Merrill Reese is a treasure. He is. I ho- I I know. You know. It's interesting. You like you say you hope Eagles fans. You know, that's one thing that's interesting. Eagles fans do love him, and they do appreciate him. But I just want to emphasize to keep appreciating him because you have one of the gems of all gems in Merrill Reese. Oh, he just. I love Merrill. He's so good. So good. All right, Penn State football. Uh, they have gone through 11 preseason practices. Today's an off day. They'll get back to it tomorrow. Uh, they have done hitting. They've done tackling. All right, so that's all been done. They've been in full pads. They worked in the stadium on Saturday. Uh, they worked back at the complex yesterday, but they worked in the stadium Saturday. James has been trying to put them in the stadium every Saturday if he can. So today's an off day for them. They have to have one day off a week. Monday is usually their day off. So that's what they're going to do. And last week they did virtual media days. Coaches all over the place on Wednesday. Lots of players on Thursday. Lots of players on Friday. Mark Wogenrich from SportsIllustrated.com joins us. Mark, great to have you with us on the show. And appreciate your time as always, my friend. Doing really good, Steve. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Okay, what have you learned the last three days? I learned how to use Zoom, I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real quick, I wanted to give um, their strategic communications department, Chris Peterson, um, Greg Kikane, everybody in there, they did a phenomenal job yes. um, hooking this. We had like more than 40 players and coaches on for three days. I'm exhausted with it, and I want to take my laptop and throw it right straight out my window, but they did 
an absolutely phenomenal job wrangling that, um, getting us in and out of those calls. It was terrific. Um, so I, I learned that hopefully it's going to work during the season. You're right, exactly. That, that, that's the main thing. There seemed to be, when you get a sense over three days, that they're growing now into an optimism phase. I heard I heard the term roller coaster more than a few times from players in discussing how August turned into September and then kind of September turned into this practice where they don't know what they're doing and yet they're still practicing and then finally when they get that they get the um, the all clear that they can turn around and say hey, we got a pretty good football team at least you know we think we have a pretty good football team you hear about um, the offensive line is one thing I really took notice of uh, several players yes. pointing out to the and the words I heard were mean, meanness and grittiness going beyond the experience factor that they have and just the fact that there's you know some really there's some you know there's some athletes in that group um, defensively I get a sense that the linebackers aren't looking at each other saying well now what are we going to do without Micah Parsons mm-hmm. that they're looking at each other and saying um Hey, we've got a pretty good group in spite of not having Micah Parsons here between Jesse Lucetta and Ellis Brooks, Lance Dixon, everybody that they have. They feel Brandon Smith, they feel athletic, they feel strong, and they feel like, you know, pretty good row of like guys who are going to be 240 and fast all the way across. And offensively, I got a sense that, you know, between the quarterback, Sean Clifford and Will Levis, that they feel like they're, they feel like that, you know, Kirk Schrecker system in a way um, feels simpler to them, which was um, which was a unique perspective to get from them. That um, I think what, what Will Levis said is that he seems to understand the core aspects of this better with the downfield passing and the concepts of it. Mm-hmm. And he feels like, I think he said, I feel like I can grip it and rip it um, and feel better in my decision-making. And that's something that's great to hear that it, only having, a, you know, about a week now, um, really kind of getting in into that in, into a real hardcore practice. Yeah, there's no no question about that. I think the other part too is the confidence the other players have in Clifford and Levis, and especially with Clifford with 12 starts under his belt. You can just hear it in their voices when they talk about him. Oh yeah, absolutely no question. For Pat Fryermuth, um, I, I almost get the sense that that was a. You know, that was a, one of the compelling reasons for him to return. Um, not that he ever necessarily. I mean, he did say today that, you know, of course, he thought about it. He had to think about it. You know, he's he's got a future too. But it seems like those two have this click. You know, that they've clicked together really well, and that if you know, as Sean Clifford and and the quarterbacks are bringing along the receivers, which I think they he's got a lot of high hopes for these guys. But as he's as they're coming along, as he's bringing along some of the freshmen who are going to have to play, that he's going to be, you know, he's going to be thankful that he he has um, that relationship with not only Pap with Jahan Dotson too. Those are two things I got a sense of that he feels really comfortable with them. As you've watched the opening few weekends, there have been, been games, for example, where Kansas State lost, then they went out to Oklahoma and they won. Mississippi State wins at LSU because no, it, it, so far at this point, the starting points have been higher in games, especially for the major conferences. What kind of lessons should Big Ten teams, especially those at the alleged upper end of the 
conference. Mm-hmm. What should they learn from what we've seen so far? I think, well, I think Sean Cliver put it best yesterday when he said, I didn't even know we played Ohio State in week two. They, you can't discount the fact that you are going to be rusty. Sean said that the season is weird. It's only going to get weirder. Yeah. So you cannot discount the fact that something um, uncontrollable is going to happen. So that only puts more pressure on you, or at least you should put more pressure on, on, on themselves to kind of drill down on everything that they need to know about their footwork or their timing, um, turning a speed rush into a, you know, a bull rush on the fly, whatever it may be. And I particularly with special teams, um, I thought it was fascinating when you had Joe Lorigan last week on, on the coaches show about studying some of the special teams blunders that, that have been going on, have, you know, contributed to all this that I, that's just one thing I think we're going to see. And with the Big Ten coming back later, um, maybe the, they've been able to, these coaches have been able to watch some of this stuff, watch some of the mistakes that they made. And just on the field, there might be mistakes off the field that we don't know about. One of the things, you know, James Franklin was asked about, um, are you going to be staying in hotels the night before? How are you going to operate all that? I, you know, there's so much else that they've had to consider. That while you're you're also you're trying to um, you're trying to install an offense that you didn't get a chance to practice in spring, you're also thinking about well, how are we going to eat at the hotel in Indiana the night before the game? So that so with all those things that you have to take into account, yeah, I you know I'll, I'll quote Sean again. It's only going to get weirder. Well, there's the other part too is um, it'll be interesting to see how much people. Um, understand the sacrifice that everybody is making to try mm-hmm. and do this. I mean, I'm talking about coaches, players, staff members. I mean, people are sacrificing to try and somehow make this work, Mark. The idea that, uh, you know, players' parents can attend the game, but then the players might not be able to see their parents before or after the game. Right. Uh, that's, um, yeah, that, that seems to indicate a sacrifice right there they you know they uh, i think they were willing to when we did talk with these guys in the spring they said yeah we're willing to do that we're willing you know we are willing to sacrifice it gets taken away from you in august and you maybe you let go of that a little bit maybe you let go of that idea um that hey there's nothing that i I really don't have to do this anymore i don't have to be that disciplined because we're not going to play and all of a sudden snap it comes back and you have to re-enter that mindset um, that that can't be easy, um, and that that was one of the things I thought was interesting with James Franklin the other day when he discussed the rapid testing, and he you know he said that the rapid testing is not a cure all for behavior; right. it's an important, it's a vital component of of eligibility of players. But because you test negative today, doesn't mean you can go get pizza tonight, and I, that's something I think he has to continue to reiterate. With the guys, and I got a sense from mostly from the, from the players themselves that they seem to have re-internalized that. Um, that's going to be. I mean, that that idea to me is very difficult 
to comprehend because I haven't lived that kind of life. I have not lived that kind of life these past six months where I've had to be really disciplined about what I do in that sense in order to go and, and, and um, participate in something. So to have to do it and then not do it and do it again, that's tough. I understand where they're coming from with the roller coaster concept. Yeah, no, I understand it too. Because what's interesting is they went through it once, mm-hmm. and to their credit, it seemed like they were doing pretty well with it. Then you have to reacclimate yourself to try and do it all over again because now you actually do have a goal in front of you. Mm-hmm. And it's tougher. It's even tougher this time because you test positive now, you're going to miss a game. Basically, you're you're coming up on that twenty one twenty one yeah. day window, and. So this is, you know, these next couple of days, I, I think actually it might be tomorrow. It's probably tomorrow, right? October 3rd, yes, the 21-day window. Yep. So, yeah, testing, testing positive tomorrow means you miss a game and any time after that, um, at least one game. So it gets, you know, it gets really real for those guys, for anybody, uh, you know, players, coaches, staff members, anybody at this point. Yeah, there's no question about it. The, the 21-day thing, which is stricter than most, most are 14. Mm-hmm. This is 21. It's not you know. It's not just missing a game. You got to miss practice, and if you're missing pra- yeah. if you're missing practice, I mean, you're talking couple games, probably. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Mark, always a pleasure. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for your great work. Absolutely. Thanks, Steve. Anytime. SI.com. Matt Leon. Final half hour brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. As we continue in the green phase per the governor's order, most of our staff continues to work from home to practice social distancing for the safety of our staff and clients. During this time, we are operating under the guidance of the insurance department. Our office remains available to service our current and new clients by phone by calling 570-286-5855, email, and by appointment. Our after-hours emergency service is also ready to assist our clients with their needs. From the team at Purdy Insurance, stay safe, be well, be kind, and know that we remain dedicated dedicated to the highest levels of service to protect what matters most. Great to have you with us on the show today. By the way, Patriots and Chiefs are on CBS tonight at 7. How about that? And then the Monday night game is at, uh, what, 8.50 tonight with the Packers and the Falcons. Correct. I have heard a lot, and I understand, by the way, the sentiment about see Cam Newton testing positive. I guess he's asymptomatic. But he tested positive. He can't play. Oh, my goodness, what does it mean? This is a big problem for the NFL and so forth. Okay, I understand all that. And it's not an injury. So it's not like Nick Bose is out for the year. Injury. It's not like Saquon Barkley is out for the year. ACL, like Bosa. The Niners last night played the Eagles, and guess what? That is a shell of a team that, you know, if the Eagles were at their best and the Niners were at their best, the Niners would beat them. They just have better players. But it's just the way it is in 2020 as opposed to 2017. But, but... Part of it is who you don't have. The virus seems to bring with it, for whatever reason, a different aspect as compared to an injury. And that's where I sit in this chair and I say, whoa, 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 just hold on a second here. 
I did Penn State basketball this year, and Myron Jones missed six games and was not injured. Okay? He had an illness. Your second leading scorer, the whole deal, did it have an impact? Of course it did. I remember in 20... Let's see, 20... 15, 24, 2015, 2016, Josh Reeves. Okay? I don't mean the I don't need the academic problem. That was in 2018. Before that. He got sick. Viral. And had to miss six games. What's the difference? What's the difference? And I'm not the only announcer that can sit sit there and talk about the team that they broadcast for, where they've lost somebody for a period of time that's been that has been under the weather, ill, contracted a virus, whatever. Okay, it happens with Cam Newton. It happens. So Brian Hoyer quarterbacks. Um. That's the part, you know, I realize that how contagious this is. Look, I think I've been pretty realistic sitting in this chair for months and months and months about this. I said last week, look, it's not the flu. We're okay. You're going to miss whatever. Okay. And bounce right back. You know, it can be as mild as that. But we all know that also has the potential combined with other elements to be extremely serious and, yes, unfortunately, in more than 200,000 cases, unfortunately, deadly. Got it. But at the same time, it's not something that puts you in the fetal position. It is in the middle. Now, your middle mate, now, from the middle to whichever side you want to go to, okay, we can talk about that. You may be in the middle but you lean more toward, oh, my goodness, this is disastrous. Or you may be in the, let's say, in my middle is leaning more, say, you're sitting home, say, my middle leans more toward it's not as bad as you think. But it's somewhere in the middle. It is not, oh, it's no big deal, right? It's like the flu. And it's not, oh, my goodness, everybody into the field position, we're doomed, we're doomed as a society. It's somewhere in the middle. It just depends on where in the middle you want to fall. So Cam Newton can't play tonight. Brian Hoyer's going to have to start. It's being made a huge deal out of. Oh, what do the Patriots do? Oh, you know, look what it's already doing to the NFL. Excuse me. I've done games for decades. Do you know how many times I've done games where people have missed games because of illness? And I don't mean just a game. There have been times in my career that missed several games because of illness you go to the next person as cold as that sounds because you have no other choice but because it's COVID and because it's a quarterback it is becoming a major deal well other people have major deals too and guess what they've had to somehow try to survive it I just pointed out two cases recently for Penn State. Myron Jones, Josh Reeves, both had to miss 
games with illness. And they were two pivotal players for what Penn State wanted to do. I think it was Josh's freshman. I want to say for Reeves it was freshman year. So Reeves' last year was, what, 18, 17, 16, 15. So it would have been uh, the winter of 2015. It was like January, February. In fact, I referenced Josh being out and in that time frame when I was talking about Myron Jones. There have also been guys over time that have missed games with suspension. There are guys that over time that have missed games because of academics. There are also guys, right, and obviously people with injuries. Now, this isn't an injury for Cam Newton. And I'm not, and nobody is remotely saying it's his fault as how he got it. Nobody. To be honest with you, I don't think anybody knows how you get it. I mean, we just did CBS News a few minutes ago. And the CDC just gave us like 5,212th update on how you get it. That's because they don't know. Now, the Raiders were fine for protocol. The Titans are going to be fine for protocol. But again, I've done games in my career where key guys have been missing because of illness. And I've done games in my career where key guys were missing because of illness that actually spanned a period of time. That's why I have a different attitude about this when it comes to I'm really, I feel awful he can't play tonight, but I've seen it before. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Home, life, auto, business insurance, whatever it may be. They'll, thry, they'll get you the best insurance so you're covered. And they'll do everything they can to save you money. And you might be able to save money because they, they may be able to bundle this. They're great pros or even better people. It is Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com, Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, great time to buy two with great deals. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Uh, Dodger Stadium, Astros and A's scoreless top of the second. Yankees play Tampa Bay tonight on TBS. That will be in San Diego this evening. Garrett Cole... We'll start the game tonight against Blake Snell. I wonder, is Blake Snell technically the opener, even though he goes seven innings? Is he the opener, or is he a starter? <laughs> I, I love the uh, I, I love the logic of, well, no, he goes out, and you know, he's bullpen's going to face three guys, right? You know, then they bring the next guy in, and he goes five innings. Like, okay, so you had to warm up two guys in the first 20? What? Okay. <laughs> if the guy from MIT thinks that you ought to do it, okay. You know, I'm more for, like, being your own man and giving it a shot to do it, to do what you think is best. That's probably why I'm not going to get hired. 
By the way, 84 in San Diego right now with sunny skies. You know, being a weather forecaster in San Diego, you are legally stealing money. Legally. Okay? Here's your job. You play a round of golf, spend some time at the club. You go in and you look at the board and go, okay, what do we got today? Let's see. Sunny in 75. You know, and tomorrow I'm going to make it sunny in 78. Then I'm going to make it sunny in 74. Then I'm going to make it sunny in 75. Friday will be sunny in 74 again. Then we'll kick it up to 76 on Saturday with sunny skies and maybe 74 on Sunday with sunny skies. That is the job of a San Diego weather forecaster. It's pretty good life, huh? The Yankees, by the way, have not put out their lineup. Lineup unavailable. Oh, I can't wait for 8.07 tonight. The mystery's just killing me. Once again, your team, gutless. You're such a Boston fan. I'm just I'm just having some fun at your expense. Doesn't really matter. My goodness. I mean, the guy that led the league in home runs, I personally like because I know him. Luke Voigt. Adam Onovino is one of your relievers. I know him, too. So it's not like I don't know some of you, you know, some of your players who just decide to go for the money. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Have some fun. Have some fun. And that's going to be opposite uh, Chiefs Patriots, and then it's going to be uh, opposite uh, eventually Falcons and Packers from Lambeau. Yeah, good TV night tonight. Yeah, very nice. All right. The Eagles won last night. Even Al Michaels sounded surprised, and nothing surprises him. But they won. That's what happens when Nick Mullins scored back on the other side. Oof. <laughs> that was that was a rough go of it last night. <laughs> yeah. A rough go. All right. But here we go. And this is where, you know, I think there's a lot of value in pro football focus. Not a little, a lot. A lot. So last night, George Kittle graded out as a 92. That's an incredible number. Yet, because of a an absolute mistake he made, he cost his team a chance to go into overtime. That two-point conversion play... To be honest with you, that is an easy pitch and catch, and he dropped it. That's why you just can't go, hey, look, he ran out great, must have had a great game. Well, he had a great game, except the play that they needed, which they had set up, he didn't get. He dropped it, and the Eagles were not really close to defending it. He was That hand was like three feet away from the ball, so that wasn't even close. And at the end, that meant the Niners had to go for a touchdown and not a field goal. That to just go for a field goal at the end of force overtime, they can put themselves in a position the way they moved down the field with C.J. Beathard to do that. 
but he was one of the top players in the game. Nobody's perfect. You're going to make mistakes. But you grayed out as a 92, but you made one of the biggest mistakes of the game. And he's a great player who makes a lot of great plays. But they needed that play last night, and his quarterback needed him to make that play, and it was not a difficult play. He knows it. But that's why grades can be deceiving. Like the other day, for example, on the the Shikolemi Shimokin broadcast, you know who gave himself an A+. Graded out, he graded out Dave Ritchie as a C. I mean, I like, I like. Did you listen to the game? God. All right. And Dave, I thought gave an A plus performance. I thought Dave was great as always. Absolutely. I think there's just a little bit of, you know, steal my thunder in there. All right, so let's bring in Matt Leon from Philadelphia. The Eagles have won. The Eagles have landed. They're in first place. Matt, welcome. Good to be with you. All's right in the world now. <laughs> they're, they're in first place, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Carson Wentz uh, had to do a lot under duress last night. Overall, what did you think of his performance? I thought he was really good. I thought he – it's a very odd dynamic that is emerging with him over the last couple of years where – and I, it's just, but he seems to play better with the less, uh, for lack of a better term, established talent around him. Uh, you know, you look at that winning streak they had at the end of last season to get into the playoffs when it was, you know, bailing wire and bubble gum, and they're kind of in the same situation here uh, where I'm not going to lie to you, the guy that caught the game-winning touchdown I had never heard of. Uh but he, I thought, I thought Doug Peterson did a good job of getting him out of the pocket consistently for the first time this year. Um, I think they did a good job of utilizing his athleticism to run just enough to make some plays, keep San Francisco honest, and uh, you know he threw some great balls. He had a couple that you're like, what is going on? But I mean, the touchdown pass, uh, he dropped that right in the bucket, and yeah. it was a it was a thing of thing of beauty and. You know, I mean, Greg Ward was the most targeted guy last night. You know, Zach Ertz, I think San Francisco, you know, smartly decided he wasn't going to beat them. And he forced Wentz to beat him with a bunch of practice squad guys, and he did. It's not the same San Francisco team, obviously. And Nick Mullins was terrible. Enough said. (laughs) No, he was was real. I. You could tell early on he was he was bad. He was bad. But you know what? But that's that's a that's a backup quarterback. A yeah. backup quarterback is expected to allow you to hang in for a couple of games. They are not a long term solution. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking I mean, well, I've talked about that in this show repeatedly. I mean, that's what they're supposed to be. If they're a long term right. they're a long term solution, they'd be playing someplace as the long term solution. Yeah. All right. Um Miles Sanders, uh, okay last night. Uh, what more can he do as a playmaker considering the wide receiver situation? I mean, get the ball more. I was kind of surprised they went away from him in the second half, and I haven't heard anything of an injury. 
Uh, I think very late in the game, they may have been some ball security issues with, you know, I don't want to say he's a fumbler, but of the guys they have on the roster, he is more likely to put it on the ground. So I know a lot of people had their radars up uh, with the Eagles' final drive that he wasn't in there. Uh, Based on absolutely nothing, my reflex was that they were concerned about a fumble there and uh, didn't want to take the chance. Um, But Miles Sanders has been everything I think you'd want Miles Sanders to be. I thought he ran well, especially in the first half. Uh, he ran consistently. He ran hard. Uh, I would think as this season goes on, and I don't know what they're going to get out of Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson when it's all said and done. Uh, you know, I would expect him to become more and more of a threat in the passing game. Uh, but I, you know, I if I had one complaint, it would just be I'd like to see him get the ball more. But that's I, you know, that's out of his control. I know Nick Mullins was not good last night. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to see that. Uh, but what did you think, though, of the performance by the Eagles' defense? I thought for the first time they made plays. I mean, I think I've complained about this on your show the last three weeks. Like, you yeah. know, even when they were good, they weren't doing things that turned your head. They weren't doing things that turned the game around. They did that last night. The sweat yeah. uh, strip sack that, yep. you know, they're down three and it flips it flips field position, gets in deep, or not deep, but well in the Niners' territory and sets up the, the game-winning touchdown pass. And then the pick six. And they got constant pressure for the most part. They, forced, they had another turnover, didn't lead to a score, but it stopped the Niners drive with Rodney McLeod and you know you make a few plays like that all of a sudden guys start running downhill and it was a a much more uh, you know uh, ferocious performance by the defense it didn't uh, it didn't appear like it did the first three games where they were kind of playing bend but don't break and yeah they're giving up yards but they're doing okay like they made plays They, they kind of forced the game to go in the Eagles' direction. And, uh, you know, it wasn't guys that you would necessarily expect. Uh, Josh Sweat, who is emerging as a really good edge rusher. Uh, Alex Singleton with the pick six that basically capped the game. Now, Nick Mullins threw it right to him, but, hey, he had to catch it and run it into the end zone. But, uh, but no, I think it was an encouraging sign. And now, because I think I said last week, they had eight sacks in that Cincinnati game, but it didn't feel like it. Like, all of a sudden now you kind of put last night's performance on top of the eight-sack performance, and you can start to see maybe some momentum building and uh, guys starting to, to make plays, and a lot of times these things kind of feed off themselves. So it's going to be tough the next two weeks, Steelers and Ravens, but uh, yeah. I think you have to feel a lot better about the Eagles' defense now than you did uh, like week one or week two. Obviously the offensive line is a mess. There's no getting around it. I mean, look, Nick Bosa probably loosely is probably one of the top ten players in the game. They still put pressure on him left and right without him. How I mean, how concerning is it when like a team loses that kind of marquee effort all over the place and they still are in your backfield the entire time? I I think it's kind of to be expected. I mean, they started Jordan Bellata at tackle, who's a, a great story. You know, the kid who was, was a rugby player. Hey, he was great was in first. Australia, man. But this yeah, is <laughs> and all things considered, he was not bad last night. Like, yeah. I've seen a lot worse performances yeah. by tackles True. in their first game. Um, I think that's going to be life. This is kind of. You know, they they had the couple injuries early, and then they try to move Jason Peters around, and now he gets hurt, and you know you're going further and further on the depth chart. Uh, but like I said earlier, I really think the ability 
of Doug to get Carson on the move uh, by design, move that pocket. And uh, it's kind of starting to appear that Carson's a better quarterback on the run than he is standing right. still. I agree. Uh, so I thought that in uh, North Dakota State. That, I thought that yeah, in North I, Dakota State, actually. I He just seems to, and I don't know, it might be a little bit of a mental thing where he's just letting it fly rather than maybe taking that extra quarter second to overthink something. Mm-hmm. That is not based on anything, just human nature. But sure. uh, you watch him on the run, and it's very instinctive, and he's just you know trusting his – his natural ability. Uh, so, I mean, I find it hard personally to get like real upset about the offensive line performance because you're so down, right? you know, you're so deep on the depth chart and got mm-hmm. guys moving around from series to series. And like we said, got a kid making his first start who uh, was drafted as a sixth or seventh round project. You're, you're asking a lot. And honestly, I think all that being considered, they were pretty good. They were really good when they, you know, like Miles Sanders had a nice, average running the like when they ran the football they, yeah. they did a nice job so uh like i said i've i've seen a lot worse uh, finally i want to slip this one in and that's about jalen hurts do they have any idea how to actually use him or is he just there i think i think what you've started to see the last couple weeks where he kind of comes in and they've got a I don't even know if I want to say a package, but they have a certain idea of what they're going to do when he's in there. I think that's what you can expect going forward. I I think it's probably a combination of a lot of things. I think it's a combination. He's a really talented kid. I think it's a combination of they are trying to justify a second-round pick they've gotten killed for who uh, when they could have used it to actually fill a need. Uh, I think a little bit of it is they're so limited that it gives them an opportunity to throw a different look out there and force a team to, to to try to combat it or spend time on it in practice, even if it's that, not that much of a threat. Um, I mean, really, you really look at the offense, and there was a lot of gadgetry last night, and a lot of it was eye-rolling because it didn't work, and it you know, ended up losing. I think on the, the, the drive where they eventually got the long touchdown pass, they had a couple of maddening plays that lost like 12 yards because right. it was them getting too cute by half, but I also think a lot of that is, you know, they they kind of look around and realize, you know, that they've got Miles, they've got Wentz, they've got Miles Sanders, they've got Zach Ertz who's drawing double coverage, and then they've got a bunch of guys, and they're just trying to to drum up whatever they can. I'm not necessarily saying I agree with it, especially last night they were able to kind of do some things, and uh, I thought some of the plays just were not necessary where they were in the game and where they were on the field. But uh, I think the Hurts thing falls into that category. I think uh, he's talented. He brings a skill set. But I also think there's some politics of they know they're getting killed for taking him in the second (laughs) round. And they want to justify, oh, no, 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 this is what we've been planning since we took him. And, uh, you know, so – but I – he's being put in an impossible situation. You know, sit for 45 minutes. All right, go out there on a third and six and make a play. Like, you know, it's kind of what, not to the extreme, but back in the mid-'80s what the Eagles did with Randall Cunningham, where he was like, what was he, like the third down quarterback? Ron Jaworski would get sacked on first and second down, and then Randall would come in on third and 28, and Buddy would say, go make a play. And, you know, then when he didn't, ah, what happened there? You know, so uh, it's not obviously to that extreme, but – I would just I would expect to see I don't know how much more his role is going to grow 
because I don't think you want to take the ball out of your starting quarterback's hands too much. Right. Uh, but I think what we've seen, you know, three to seven plays, uh, eventually they'll probably work in where he has a couple of design throws and stuff like that. But uh, I would expect that to continue going forward. My friend, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Matt Leon in Philadelphia. Uh, Chris Davis, the A's DH, has hit a two-run homer. In the bottom of the second, the A's lead Houston 2-0 now, top of the third. Yankees are still scoreless with Tampa Bay, in part because they haven't announced their lineup. Back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. place baby <laughs> you're gonna get killed on sunday ah uh, yeah actually i do believe that honestly I-, I fear greatly of the eagles patrick offensive line though they played well on sunday last night that pittsburgh front could eat them alive and it could be a field day for bud dupree Plus, they got to deal with the crowd at times. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you never heard anything about that with their meeting with uh, with the health department. I'm guessing that didn't go well. Well, no. I mean, you see what's happening with high school football, right? Yeah, I just. I mean, if, uh, if, it wasn't that, going if to that, happen. if that's what's happening with high school football, they're not going to let the Steelers, the Eagles. They're not going to let them do that. It's interesting, though. I, I turned on Oklahoma-Iowa State. They had fans. Oklahoma's now lost two. Texas-TCU had fans. TCU won. I flip on Georgia. Auburn, they had fans. Turned on Alabama-Texas A&M. They had fans. Now, obviously, the Big Ten hasn't played, so, I, you know, but they're not going to have fans. And the I believe the Houston Texans have just fired Bill O'Brien. Yes. Bill O'Brien has been fired by the Houston Texans as head coach and general manager. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 